Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and to another episode in 2024. We have our co-hosts Blake and Bryce joining us today and a special guest, Darian, whom uh, we actually met at Star Wars Trivia Night, uh, which was a uh, Trivia Night sp- uh, in a, in a uh, anticipation for Bucketheads Part 3, which if any of you guys listened to our Bucketheads uh, interview a while back in October, November, something like that, in 2023, uh, if you haven't heard that, definitely go check that out. If you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, you can find a, a cool sort of playlist on our YouTube channel there where you watch all the episodes and then you can listen to the, the, the after show. But uh, today we are talking about Star Wars culture, how it changed the world, different fan clubs, and so much more. Let's get into it. I just realized that's not Star Wars music at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's changed over to Adventure Time Lo-Fi. That's not Star Wars (laughs) Lo-Fi. Sounds great though, yeah. Did you get tricked because Star Wars is always an adventure for your time? I guess so. Oh, this is great. This is lovely. It's so relaxing. I mean, fall asleep. it's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, welcome back, Blake. <laughs> chut, chut, Josh. Good chut, to be here. Chut, chut. And uh, welcome back, Bryce. Hello, sir. Hey, yo, boyos. Hey, yo. And welcome back. And uh, hello to uh, our special guest, Darian. Welcome, Darian. Hello, my friends. I just wanted to point out I am not the Darian that has been on here before. That's that's correct. Yes. Uh, and, and a great thing to point out. Uh, that's something I I, uh, <laughs> I had to get Darian's uh, last name on my phone because I've got so many Darians on my phone. <laughs> so if the other Darian hears this, maybe he's laughing right now. But <laughs> I'm sure he's having a good chuckle. Oh, he's oh it'll, it'll yeah. mess him up. <laughs> I was listening to this at work yeah. 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 ago, and every time you guys were in, I would I'd pause and look up, and it's like, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome. I thought we might go through, uh, you know, just sort of the different fan clubs, the uh, the the uh, the way that that Star Wars has had an impact on pop culture, uh, things like that. There's a lot of, you know, this is a, this is a topic that could be revisited multiple times through the, the lens of different sources and like mm-hmm. consistently be like a new conversation to talk about, right? Um, but today we're just kind of like going off of the the surface and and uh, uh, you know I like the whole idea of like fan clubs and how those have had a big influence and I don't know Darian maybe uh, am I incorrect to assume that maybe you've got some familiarity with with all that seeing as you suggested the topic or or was that, am I just kind of going into this blind here? I have definitely bounced between a lot of different clubs and never really joined them, but it's amazing how wildly different Star Wars fans are between groups and how they get together for Star Wars. Yeah. I originally joined the Star Wars card game in the 90s. Most of you probably weren't even alive yet. 
Oh, dang. Nope. Correct? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know there was a card game in the 80s. I thought those were all 90s-based oh, yeah, card games. It was just like a trading card game, right? Or like, oh, uh, just Not really trading. It, it's kind of like magic, but more complicated. Right. Okay. Interesting. So that's like, impressive. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. more complicated. But yeah, as yeah, someone yeah. who plays Magic, like uh, I might be interested in this. Well, sorry, uh, it outdates the prequels, and like they haven't made it since probably '99. But I used to have a couple hundred thousand cards worth. Oh dang! What, what was it called? This uh, CCG Star Wars is is how you can find it. And it has everything from the original three movies that you could possibly think of. I'm getting the one from the Wizards of the Coast era, but um, which I have a few myself from that time, but uh, that was from 2002 to 2005. I, I don't know about the old one. And this comes after the Tops cards, I assume, then? Yeah. No, this is... Oh, when was this? I think it was like 95, roughly. You got, I could put it in the crew chat. Just found the wiki for it. It looked cool. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, it was a really great game, but the learning curve to get into it was crazy. Like magic. Uh, the Star Wars. <laughs> and ironically, everybody didn't really get along for that. Like, you never saw groups get together outside of tournaments. Was it be but, just uh, because that was, it was a little more obscure? There wasn't as many people doing it? Well, I was up in Kamloops at the time of that, so I played tournaments in, like, Kelowna, Vernon, and whatnot. But okay. it was, like, you, you got so much knowledge in that game that wasn't available because the internet wasn't as easy to use as it is now. Right. So people would buy cars just to learn things about characters. Hmm. Interesting. It's pretty smart. All right, I'm looking, I'm looking at the, uh, trying to find you on the World Champions, Darian. <laughs> oh, you won't find me. <laughs> I was well, the, terrible at it. And I was, was going to say go the, ahead, the real trick is to uh, you got to filter through all the Darians that are on the list. There's probably so many of them. Yeah, they're so good, man. Yeah, we, we will number into like the threes, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, uh, Darian, I got to ask, because if you were into a card game in, in you know, that that far back, uh, did you ever uh, go to the very first ever st sort of Star Wars online uh, sort of message forum? It was called Fidonet Star Wars Echo. Do you, do you recall anything like that? It was before the Force.net. Um, so I remember a couple of my friends talking about it that were really into the books. Ironically, the, the book readers were more social than the card gamers. So I don't think I ever went myself, though. Okay. I remember StarWars.com starting, everybody being really excited for it. It was like something official. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. around the prequel era, though, was it not? Yeah. 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 It was just a picture of an ATAT -AT and then Chewbacca next to him in this like terrible early 90s web page design. But like, <laughs> oh man. It's like, we're Star Wars nerds. We should have a good website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I feel like uh, like amongst so many different costuming and gaming groups and stuff, there's so much stuff to get it, you know, out there right now. Um, you know, I got a list here that we can just kind of run through, and uh, you know, maybe each of you guys might have something to sort of tack on to, to this. But uh, starting with you know Fido.net, Star Wars Echo. This is before the Force.net, which launched in '96. And that was uh, that was like a first of its kind, you know. First, this was before the internet sort of got mainstream. You know, in the early '90s, it wasn't really wasn't really a popular thing to have. You know, people just didn't have home computers back then. Not everyone, right? So uh, that was like a, a you know a notable message you know board because out of the Star Wars fans that exist in the world, only a percentile of the Star Wars fans actually had a computer that could actually get on this message forum. So 
Uh, that's the only reason why I'm throwing it in there is the first thing. Uh, you know, older fans, people like, uh, you know, people like Darian, uh, older sort of people that may have been sort of living through the 80s and the and the 90s as a Star Wars fan through the dark times, you know, they would recall the Force.net. That was like, you know, the big unofficial sort of like source for Star Wars conversation, you know, stuff like that. Darian, did, did you did you ever get on the Force.net? Uh, I was briefly on there, but I've been on the internet so long, I remember you had to dial the computer before the web was the internet. Like, you guys don't know the difference between the internet and the web. The web was like a fancy new thing where you could just go and transfer wherever you wanted. The, uh, like, you're talking pre... Yeah, I think he means you have to actually type in websites directly. Yeah, pre, yeah, pre, um... Uh, uh, what do you call uh, search engines, right? Or browse? Uh, probably linkability. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you, you need a direct line. This is before Google. Yeah, like this you actually, if you wanted to see somebody's website, you had to dial their modem and connect. Yeah, it crazy. Through like this really strange internet. So it was like, and then, they, like the web, the web people were all freaked out about it. This is going to destroy the internet. And it's, it's like, <laughs> now there is no difference. It's like you're typing in someone else's IP address to, to connect to their web, web page or something. <laughs> Hard lighting to someone's computer. Yeah. yeah. And then you'd have to sit there for a minute while it actually dialed and made that horrible sound. That's the yeah, I yeah, yeah. Cause I definitely had dial up, but I, yeah, I didn't, but we had uh you could actually have like, you know, web addresses and stuff. Yeah, like your Yahoo. Yeah. So, how do you one. hear about the Force.net? Uh, if you know, like, is it just like word of mouth? Basically, yeah. Like, uh, I remember where where that stuff started really taking off was about the time that uh, I think it was Mysteries of the Sith came out, which was a sequel to Dark Forces. But I I wasn't on there much just because I couldn't keep up with everyone else at the time. I was pretty young. Yeah. Mm. So, and a absolutely atrocious speller. So. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been a nightmare then trying to log into all these websites you can't spell anything right <laughs> oh yeah you had to have a certain type of email to sign up or or some forums you had to verify how old you were with like your id and stuff but you couldn't even really trust that because it's like well how are you verifying and just getting my driver's license or something <laughs> just collecting people's ids <laughs> right <laughs> Well, um, oh, it's weird. I wasn't in an accident. Why do I have all these points? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, and some people might be listening, going like, "Okay, why? Are they, why are we talking about Force.net and and FidoNet and all these different online groups?" It's because a lot of these predate a lot of the existing kind of in person sort of clubs and things that that connected people together. Because as time's gone by, you know, I think like as pop pop culture has sort of grown, it's sort of provided this mainstream understanding of what Star Wars is. You know, it's like you. You know, you, you knock on your neighbor's door and most likely their kids got a Star Wars t-shirt, right? But, you know, 20 years ago or something like that, may, that may have not been the case. And certainly the fan group was a lot smaller, you know, and and um, a lot of these online communities and stuff sort of helped build a foundation of, of fan groups, you know, fan clubs and uh, people that would sort of get together and talk about this particular thing, right? Get together and play D6, the Star Wars role-playing game. Exactly, yeah. 1987. And, so one fan club that was... Uh, one of the longest running fan clubs ever out there is actually the Star Wars Fan Club Germany, which has been running since 1981 under the name European Star Wars Fan Club. And then in 95, the club gained a, a license to be called the official Star Wars Fan Club Germany and uh, changed its name to Offzillier Star Wars Fan Club. That was probably terrible <laughs> German there. But, uh, you, you know, and uh, another interesting thing is like the official Star Wars magazine actually gets a custom cover for that fan club. So there's a, OG. there's a 
a big fan base in Germany. Yeah, which I had no clue. That's I had no idea. Cool. Uh, it makes sense now that I see numbers sort of more higher in Germany for our podcast downloads than other European countries. But I, I never clued into that before. And so I believe Germany actually has the largest Star Wars uh, museum. Really? Oh, really? Like uh, bigger than Rancho Obi-Wan? Uh, well, Rancho, Rancho Obi-Wan has the largest collection, but this is like a museum that you can walk around and see cities and whatnot. Oh, interesting. Wow. Cool. That's cool. I have to stop off in Germany. Yeah. yeah. Has there been a celebration there? It's just been London as far as Europe and I think UK. It's London. I think it's, I think it's just London. Uh, Let me just take a look. No, I don't know. I, I, I've never been to a celebration. It's something I've only really been aware of for a few years. <laughs> oh, I think they're probably afraid of people dressing up up as imperial officers <laughs> in Germany. <laughs> Celebration Europe. <laughs> Celebration Europe 2 was uh, July 26th through to the 28th. That was in 2013. That was in, uh, in Essen, Germany. So that's, uh, yeah. yeah that there you go. It was in Germany. Um, another another notable club, which started up at one point uh, a while ago, founded in 99, was the R2-D2 Builders Club. Oh, yeah. And any convention that anyone's ever been to, there is most likely been an R2-D2 rolling around somewhere because someone built it as part of the R2-D2 Builders Club mm-hmm. and brought it to that convention just to drive it around and show it off, you know? Well, they do such good work, man. And when we went to uh, Orlando celebration, there was like thousands of R2 units. They oh, were all yeah. extremely yeah. impressive. Oh, there was like a whole, we, we got a, a picture. There was a whole picture. There was a legion of, of R2 units. Yeah, there was at least. For like, Astromex, I guess, because a lot of them are custom. Yeah, it was at least 100, at least. I'm thinking thousands. Thousands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had one at the uh, the fundraiser, Darian. Yeah. Who built that one? Oh, yeah. Uh, that was one of BC Droid Builders. And uh, what was that? gentleman's name we were talking about him the other day yeah it was, it was nice that was a good one so the, the guy that brought that actually isn't the owner of it he borrowed it from his friend because he was fixing it i believe that yeah. was part of the thing yeah. oh, it cool. had like a battery issue i believe but yeah that thing is so beautiful and it was a bad motivator i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah just trying to get it in and out of the suv it took the three of us and caleb's a strong guy so oh I think those things are pretty heavy then i mean yeah. they have a, a tiny man inside so <laughs> right yeah and, and we just need them hot dog pretty heavy Poor Bailey's down the yeah. tube. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, it, <laughs> what, what's crazy is the current membership stands over seventy one hundred people at the R two D two Builders Club, and it continues to grow. And like Darian was just saying, like there's subsidiary clubs of that mm-hmm. larger establishment, which are like the BC you know Droid Builders Club, and, so and that, that probably wouldn't be included in the seventy one hundred. I'm not entirely sure. I would imagine, though, if anyone's part of the, the, the BC Droid Builders Club, they probably have some sort of recognition within the R2-D2 Builders Club, you know, maybe a, a, por- a pro- uh, like a profile on their, their, their side or something like that, you know, who knows. Um, but what's interesting is the, uh, the official club logo was adopted by the Lucasfilm R2-D2 unit for the crew gear during the filming of Attack of the Clones in Australia. Oh, cool. So that was that's kind of a neat little fun fact. But there there's a great example of like a fan club organization, and it goes full circle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it goes right back to the official Lucasfilm teams. And you have, you know, the influence that has been caused by something going right back into that original cause again, you know? Yeah, and it's pretty cool because I feel like this is something that's become somewhat regular in Star Wars. I know uh, the podcast that you guys did last week talking about the 90s stuff. A good example is like Quinlan Voss, right? In a lot of the comics. Yeah. Like you and then that 
went back and was in the films and became like official ca- canon uh, as well i think they've used a lot of the mandalorian club people to be in the background of the mandalorian series yeah if i'm not mistaken yeah in the 501st yeah. yeah yeah they they were used as extras in in the mandalorian yeah um another another great another great fan uh, uh sort of thing is is rancher obi-wan uh one of the largest private star wars collections in the world uh it's a place that you can go to it's in california you can uh you know go in and see uh the steven's steven sansweet's big collection you know have you looked into going i'm quite curious if it's like a, a typical museum where you just can show up and buy tickets the day of or do you have to like reach out and organize something i don't you know you do have to reach out steve three from Bucketheads actually went and i believe it was not the easest thing to do because of security reasons mm-hmm. that's good to know yeah it's definitely well, on my bucket list so i want to check sure. it out at some point yeah we gotta do this yeah apparently there's the uh speeder from a new hope is outside and they're like you can take a piece because this thing is falling apart and they just want fans to have some of it that's pretty cool so, so we gotta go soon <laughs> It's, is it because it's left out in the sun that can, can cover it? Or is it just made out of foam? It I was guess? left out in the sun and everything for like 40 years. And right. I, I, I could be wrong about that. but from multiple people that that's a thing. And it's like part of me is still happy, but a little part of me dies. Because it's like, no, yeah, I think yeah. that's the last forever. It's like everyone yeah, who goes I'm there. I'm surprised there's just not like... <laughs> Go ahead, Bryce. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not just like hundreds of, you know, nerds descending on this thing like vultures. They can take Picture, a piece of it yeah. and then make like a little shrine. Because this is what happened in like for like religions, right? You like take a little piece and then you like, you know, you bring it back and you're like, yeah, if you want to come, you know, like see my piece of the speeder, five dollars. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing the fans essentially just jawas, just stripping this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we gotta dress up like Jawas when we go there, and like and like (laughs) pulling cables and stuff out. (laughs) Yeah, everyone, bring your bring your brown bathrobe. That's right. He's just just chasing us away. Yeah, (laughs) like a broom. Damn Jawas! Yeah, filthy creatures. Speaking of conspiracies and uh, fans influencing actual Star Wars, it's my mm-hmm. personal theory that KR8 from Bucketheads influenced the medical droid in Andor. Oh, we should pull this up. You watch Andor and you pick the guy up that had the stroke and put him on the, the gurney. That droid looks exactly like KR8. Oh, that'd be cool. We got to check this out now. Yeah, we got to take a look at this. That's a great. Uh, well, well, I don't think we. Sorry, say again? Go ahead, sir. Oh. Uh, no, well I, well, I was just saying, like, um, while, while we're talking about uh, uh, the influence that 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 sort of thing sort of causes, you know, like costuming groups have have a massive impact on official fandom. You know, we have Five Hundred First Legion, Rebel Legion, Mando Mercs, all the different sort of subsidiary groups. You know, beneath that, there's many smaller kind of factions in the Five Hundred First Legion that are designated for uh, for like underworld, you know, related things, or like Tusken Raiders and Jawas fall under like the crate um the crate something or another the crate raiders or whatever they're called there's there's all these different like kind of sub factions that they have you know for the uh, all the different kind of alternatives other than a stormtrooper mm-hmm. um so like there is something for everybody in the costuming world you know and and to get the official sort of uh profile on their uh, a part of their group you know you have to put in a lot of effort to get the screen accurate yeah yeah the, the official version yeah and i know after getting a, a set of stormtrooper armor the the fandom group i'm looking to get after is anything that can sit down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly why I was waiting doing the uh, 
juggernaut driver. Yeah, with like the tank guys. That's the way to do it because then you just have fabric pants. <laughs> oh yeah, those guys and the uh, and the uh, shore troopers from Rogue One. Uh, I'd question that they got kilts, so it's more comfortable. I don't they know have, if you can sit. They have kilts. I think so. That's still it's still better than a plastic butt. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's a cod piece. Yeah, I'm just gonna spend the invention looking at the other bucket heads, being like, "Hey, look, I'm gonna go up the stairs." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing because I love Republic Commando, and this is the one thing I'm just like, "Oh man!" But their cod piece goes like all the way from the front around to the back, and it's like a one piece. So thing. bulky. Oh, it's oh, so bulky. Man. Yeah, those guys can't stand like. They probably can't they. walk. You gotta have to put you on like they, a. They, those guys can barely lean over. <laughs> Like the the, the the chest piece yeah. is so bulky. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah it's and they got really the overlap of the top piece with the bottom piece. And like, everything's really so cool. boxy. Yeah, they can basically just stand there. Yeah. Like we have a picture from Celebration mm-hmm. of us kind of all on our knees, you know, with a hand. Oh over right, our head. yeah, yeah. The whole Delta Squad behind us in yeah. execution style, you know, <laughs> it's so cool. But you know, you look at those guys, like even just pointing the gun down, it's like, man, you can barely get there. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> all right, I hope you guys enjoyed the photo. Let me know if you need another. And they just like slowly waddles away yeah yeah they move like an inch and all you hear is (laughs) 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 well you don't realize how much you you need to move your core until you wear something like a clamshell across your lower abdomen oh yeah like every take bucket heads you see these guys in the tk outfits doing these weird stretches to just try and get their core going yeah like mostly guys work production so it's not like they're weak right yeah yeah yeah, for sure at least they got the try to loosen everything up yeah at least they got the build for it. Um, yeah, so uh, I found something uh, I, real quick before I read this. Did you find that that reference there, Bryce? The comparison? The droid? Oh, uh, which one? Oh, never mind. That. Yeah. That's oh, I, was, I like, briefly was uh, was looking for it, but I, I <laughs> you didn't the key find point. it. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking yeah. something else up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, get, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. Um, no, I was like searching you images. You were looking up, at Ula again, weren't you? At least going gave up. Checking his Twitter feed or something. <laughs> Looking up Ula for the job as pals. <laughs> Didn't come up in the first search, so I just gave up. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, I have a funny, st- I have an interesting story here to read about the, the 501st Legion. And, uh, you know, I feel like it kind of sort of fits with the, the, the idea the, the, the idea behind our conversation today. So I'll just give this quick read, you know, maybe two minutes. So the real story behind the name 501st is rather unremarkable. And I just want to ask any of you guys here, do you know where the 501st name comes from? Peter's Legion? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know where that comes from? The address of the original clubhouse? Yeah, yeah, Darren's got really? it. Really? Yep. That's cool. So I'm, I don't, I don't need to okay. read this whole thing since you guessed it. But <laughs> so basically, I'll, I'll skip to the end. <laughs> basically, I'll skip to the end. But um, essentially, uh, uh, Albin Johnson, who is the founder of the Bible First Legion, he's known as TK210, and I, uh, you know, he goes through this entire letter. If you go to the 501st.com website, there's an about us section. You can click on a, a, a chapter called Origin of the 501st name and take a look. Um, but this this whole sort of thing, you know, it started a while ago. It started in, uh, when was it, the 90s? I think yeah, I think it was 93 or 4. Yeah, it was, it was a while ago. And um, at the time, uh, Levi's 501 jeans were quite popular. But he liked the number because of the way it sounded. You know, it sounded like uh, uh, fighting CBs from World War II or something like that. There's a lot of, like, World War II kind of inspiration behind the reason right. why it's called, why yeah, it's like got a number. 101st Airborne. Was yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, where he got the Legion section is when Palpatine says in Return of the Jedi that he's got two of his finest legions right. on Endor. Right. Mm. So the 501 came from all the inspiration developed behind a lot of the World War II stories that came, uh, that have been around for a long time. The Legion part came from Star Wars. And combining those two together, he came up with the 501st Legion. That's, and how, he, that's how he invented the genes. No, that's how he invented the neck. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but uh, and then like, furthermore, uh, the various different garrisons, uh, you know, there were originally three garrisons. There was Garrison East, West, and Central. So originally this, of course, started in the U.S. And like that's how they separated the, the organization of fans, you know, across the country. Uh, but they weren't called garrisons until the map was divided a little bit more into like sort of big chunks and then it became eastern southern central midwest southwest and northwest as well as the european garrison overseas and then they became even more divided and those became outposts so now today we have this giant like global sort the, of the thing. empire is taken over yeah essentially the and his the whole idea of where that came from uh, and the term uh, detachments is used quite a bit to sort of describe the different kind of even smaller areas and the, how it grew to be this large interconnected web is because it allowed for that to happen, right? Instead of just sort of putting one branch over the, like, okay, everyone's 501st, mm-hmm. you know, in with no kind of subdivision. Um, there was no sort of easy way to sort of organize local events, such and such. Right. You know, I think there was a recognition. It's like, okay, there's going to be some splinter cells going off if they're like, oh, well, we're not in big. the US. We yeah. can't be part of the 501st. Right. So know, then they're going to go do their own thing. Yeah, they're going to do their own thing. So now it's like kind of widely known that the 501st is like a global costuming group that's like sort of as close to official as you can get. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the format that this sort of grew and it's taken all this time to get there. But it's, uh, it's taken, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty neat. It's like Rome, you know, they take you over and let, let you keep your personal religions and stuff. Just kind of yeah, and and that's that. Yeah, he, he actually mentions that in his in his readout here. Oh, um, really? Yeah, the the Roman Empire was actually sort of inspiration for kind of the structure. That's funny because I just totally threw that out there. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> I had that's, no idea. That was like a serious thing. Yeah, he that was part of the idea. So. Um, yeah, lots of, uh, you know, lots of thought kind of went into this at first. And in 2004, author Timothy Zahn, with Lucasfilm's approval, honored the costuming group by incorporating the 501st Legion Elite Stormtrooper unit into his Star Wars novel, Survivor's Quest. Oh, That was ooh. the first time it made its way into official Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. And then several other authors have since followed suit. Um, but in 2005, uh, the 501st Legion finally hit mainstream Star Wars canon, sort of, when its inclusion in the novelization for Episode 3 was released and uh that one was written by matthew stover if i'm not mistaken and that one gets a lot of good feedback you know if you ever read a star wars book and you're like oh what do i read read the novelization for episode three it's supposed to be really good um so the blue, the blue clone troopers you know under everyone knows them from the clone wars is anakin's you know legion going into the jedi temple killing all the jedi and stuff like that uh that was when they got the nickname vader's fist mm-hmm. and uh because of the you know inclusive use of the, of the unit now it's 501st legion vader's fist it's got like the two kind of names but it all originated from, you know, some guy coming up with a costume group. That's pretty cool. And it's like, you know, and, and then, you know, I, I just find it fascinating that there's so many instances like this where fans have sort of given back to Star Wars in that sense and affected not only sort of the pop culture world of, you know, you go to any convention, 501st is there. Oh, yeah. But they've also affected the mainstream Star Wars stories as well. Like, that's just mind blowing to me, you know. Uh, and Order 66 in the temple really illustrates how far and further the average Sith 
Sith was than the average Jedi, because you have 501st on the Venator-class Star Destroyer that Maul takes out an entire... Um, uh, can't think of the word. The, all, all the 501sts are on that. He takes out without a lightsaber, but one detachment of the 501st takes out all of the Jedi that are on Coruscant. Are you referring to the final season of Clone Wars with when Ahsoka and Maul are escaping? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like there's 200 Jedi, I believe, at the temple, roughly, and they all have lightsabers, and they get wiped out by half of the 501st, but Maul takes out the other half single-handedly without a lightsaber. It's pretty crazy. I think those Jedi need more training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ahsoka... There's a reason they're left behind at the temple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The, uh, I, they kind of looks into that a little bit with the way Anakin trained Ahsoka as well, trying to really push her to her limits. Compared to, she, he wanted her to be better than the average Jedi, right? Mm. It's in the, the yeah. same season. Yeah, that's right. Great and, episode. And the Tales of the Jedi. Tales of the Jedi, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Uh, so Star Wars has also had a big culture change for a lot of things. You know, we the impact on filmmaking alone, that could be its own conversation, you know, down from, from visual effects to the way that things are filmed, written, shot, pace of story, everything, right? You know, George made the movie that he wanted to make, and he changed a lot of stuff in the world because of it, right? Uh, had an impact on Fox, uh, major impacts there uh, with how... A small studio taking a chance on a guy like him, and now Fox has you know been bought by Disney, but it became sort of a big, big label, you know, uh, movie distribution company because of Star Wars as well. Um, was it not big already? It was pretty big already, but it was like it was it was known, yeah, but it wasn't like so. It says on it says on the wiki that stocks went from six dollars to twenty five dollars per share mm -hmm. after Star Wars came out, which is pretty nuts for yeah. back in nineteen seventy seven. <laughs> you know, like it's like whoa, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Yeah, it quadrupled. Yeah. Almost five times. <laughs> Almost five times, exactly, yeah. Uh, there's been parodies. Uh, like, okay, so it, what's the first parody that comes to mind when you think of a Star Wars parody? Robot Chicken. Robot Chicken, Spaceballs, space yeah. I mean, Family Guy. Mm -hmm. You read the Family Guy one, yeah. yeah. Um, Simpsons. I, I, got, I even got, a, I got like a book called like Star Warped that I found at like a... <laughs> You know, when I was just like, in a, and it was just like the most strange, like someone just wrote like a goofy version of Star Wars. Like, there's so much. Oh, dude. Yeah. So many things. Phineas and Ferb did one. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, there was uh, there, actually the Rick and Morty sixth season finale was poking jabs at Star Wars with uh, lots of lightsaber references. If, if anyone is a big Rick and Morty fan. Uh, fanboys. One thing that really. Oh, yeah. That one's meta, though. Yeah. So fanboys. Yeah. 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 One thing that really impacted me, like growing up, was the just all the flash animation on like so many websites. There's right. so many dumb Star Wars songs and like the Star Wars gangsta rap. Like, oh that man. Thing yeah. If you're getting around. into the, yeah. the, the internet like, culture, yeah. Oh there's man. Like endless. Yeah. He's Boba. Yeah. The Fett. His backpacks. Hitler Seagull, stop it now. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's a good one. Yeah. That's, that's another thing. Um, my, uh, that, uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, the word for songs. Parody songs. My power. Parody. Yeah. Yeah. Fan, <laughs> fan films. Fan films. That's another thing. Fan films, parody songs, mm -hmm. and uh, fan film parody animation. And uh, music. Weird Al, big Star Wars fan, came up with Star Wars songs long before he oh, was yeah. writing stuff for the Lego mm -hmm. Star Wars stuff. You know? Oh, yeah. You yeah. wrote a song oh, for Phantom Menace his, yeah. when it came out. Yeah. And it, it, that song, no, no, that song came out before six came out. months before Phantom Menace. Yeah. Oh, damn. And he was almost right on everything. There's one line in that song that's wrong, and it's like, clearly somebody leaked the script to you. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he got a he got the leak 
script and did the song on it and yeah, it, yeah. yeah and it became a thing yeah dang uh theater uh if you guys want, oh go ahead if you guys want a great song about star wars there's a group called jt music and they do uh they do several star wars songs but they did one for battlefront 2 that is phenomenal it's it's kind of like a rock rap song and the writing in it is so clever that i don't want to spoil it but it is phenomenal it's the best tribute song i've ever heard nice yeah well the look can we play really? a clip here Got you can bluetooth on uh i can't find it on spotify i don't think they're on i think i think it might just be oh wait it's no. on youtube it's, not, it's just on youtube stomp out hope I'm a dark lord who's got no competition. I'm not what you call a politician. Cause I didn't run for my position. I took it with the force. It's strong with this one. So don't be shocked when you're my next victim. Any rebels left, I'll order 66 of them. Do it like moisture farmers with good income. You'll no longer be in existence. Your hatred is only gonna make you strong. I wanna plot twist, I am your father. Now do my bidding, Panther Farter. All I wanna hear from you is. And if your name is Luke, can I ask for a hand? Tell me where is the rest of your pitiful little band? Cut me in half, I'll come back from the dead. Then at long last, the Sith will have their revenge. There you go. So, um... Yeah, that's a that's a great example. Yeah, thanks, Darian. That reminds me of one Bryce used to listen to all the time. That was this, this kind of emo-y song, but this guy was just reading the... Uh, Palpatine talking about Darth Plagueis. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to play a clip of that now because that's hilarious. <laughs> Who's that by John or by by Bryce? Do you remember? I have no idea. Um, Who's that? I have no idea. Okay. Um, um, I can find it at some other point. Yeah. If any of you guys there's have seen, so many great Star Wars songs. Oh yeah, yeah, so many. You know, and all done by fans. You know, and and uh, people who just love love Star Wars. You know, and like I'm sure I'm yep. sure a lot of people have have consumed the Oral Knots YouTube channel. Oh yeah, I've watched them through a few times. Yeah, great stories. And yeah, they're just recuts. They're just re-edits and and dubbed audio. Dude, so much work though. So much work. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I can't believe they did. They've done. Even some of the Disney movies now too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh they did one. I think they did Force Awakens. Okay. Did they do Rogue One? Not that I know of. I think it's just Force Awakens so far. Okay. But they're they're behind. They need to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> I want more. Go to the laser moon. I, I want wanted more. to go to the laser moon for my birthday party. I want more. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, theater. I mean, uh, recently uh, in in Vancouver, they did Star Wars burlesque. I heard uh, I, I was asked about this by many people. It's like, did you go see Star Wars burlesque? I was asked by this per- by the service woman at Kia. <laughs> I was asked. At <laughs> you just have that look about you, John. You look like that guy who, who was Star Wars last night. I, it was unbelievable, man. Like I couldn't believe how many people like were just raving over this, right? Um, at the Star Wars trivia night that we were at, the 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 folks sitting next to us, they had, I th- I believe uh, they had actually gone, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was somebody else at the trivia night. No, nope, that was them. But yeah, that, that, was, that them. was them. Okay, yeah. So like, I'm, I just, it was it was mind blowing. Just like so many people I like, came across over the course of like three months, it was like they'd all seen, they'd all gone to the show. I was like, whoa! Can't call yourself a real fan now, Josh. You didn't go. Guess not. <laughs> I just it just opens it up to so many different more like different people that wouldn't be into Star Wars, but all of a sudden they like burlesque and they're like, oh yeah, right. like it's just another another in for to make more fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah, that was called the Empire Strips Back. That's and right. I believe they're from Australia. Oh, right. I didn't realize they're from out of town, so they must travel around and do it then. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where. They're yeah, they're, they're they're we're in Portland for a month. Oh, cool. And, 
I think they just left Portland. Rip. <laughs> but, uh, Simon, the 501st stormtrooper that was there, he, he went to it and he said it was amazing. So tickets tickets are currently available for Toronto, Atlanta, and Denver. Uh, but they have been across the world, let me tell you. All across Australia. Uh, they've hit Paris. They've gone across North America. They've hit San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, all up the West Coast. Chicago, New York, Detroit, uh, Phoenix. You know, they, they've, they've, they've got three cities left. So if, you know, if anyone's interested in watching that, Toronto, Atlanta, and Denver. You're in luck. I'm curious if Disney signed off on it, if they're just doing it. Is Disney uh, giving the approval for a burlesque thing? Well, it's it's a parody production. Right. So, so then they can kind of get away with it just based on that. They they can. That's also why it's not called Star Wars. It's just oh, called okay. The Empire Strips Back, and it's oh, in the okay, Star Wars yeah, font. Yeah. But yeah. then they just... It's Star, not, but it is. Star Wars is the trademark. Yeah. The Empire Strips Back is, is not. Um. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, as long as they don't... I think that was the original title George wanted, actually, but... They talked about him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I want, uh, want it, you know, something, something snazzy like the Empire strips back. There's, there's no bras in space. That's right. All right. Uh, there's no, there's no underwear in space. No underwear. No. Carrie. Yeah, Carrie, take it off, Carrie. No. <laughs> take it off, Harrison. Harrison, take it off. Harrison. Harrison. <laughs> Mark, Mark, is that a is that panty line I see, Mark? Mark. Mark, put your clothes on, Mark. Hey, uh, hey, George, where's uh, where's Chewy's clothes? Ah, he doesn't have any. Nope. Chewy, you're gonna have to go shave for this. <laughs> really smooth down there. I think <laughs> I think that's the only time I feel like we would ever do a collaboration with Manscaped. You know, I feel like most podcast <laughs> mo- most podcasts out there they got a thing going with Manscaped. We're like the one that doesn't. Yeah. It's like, like a lawnmower size. I feel like somehow we work in Chewbacca. All of a sudden, yeah. it works. You know, like <laughs> yeah, lawnmower Chewbacca yeah. lying down. Are you having bed. Are you having trouble taming your Wookie? <laughs> <laughs> are you having grooming trouble? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's not forget the political impact of Star Wars. In 1979, "May the Fourth Be With You" began with a speech by Margaret Thatcher in uh, a British newspaper. And that has been going ever since. Uh, people celebrate Star Wars Day around the world, uh, which has now been worked into the Star Wars calendars that they print. But um, even more so, like like people who don't even celebrate, like who aren't even Star Wars fans know about Star Wars Day. You know, there's sales at Toys of Us. There's Steam sales, you know, for all the Star Wars games on May the 4th. Like it's been turned into this global phenomenon because one person said, May the 4th be with you. It was on a radio show or something, wasn't it? It was in a newspaper uh, in, in 1979, Margaret Thatcher. Um, and I love that it's slowly becoming like Boxing Week where it's just starting to take over the whole week because then there was Revenge of the Fifth. Apparently, there's a religion called Jediism. It's a real life religion yes. based oh. on Star Wars called Jediism, follows a modified version of the Jedi Code. And I was like, and I didn't right here in BC, we have one of the first members, the Kelowna Jedi guy. Really? Huh. You know what? <laughs> yeah. That's been a thing for about 22 years now. The Kelowna Jedi guy he goes around on a modded out bicycle and he is head to toe a Jedi. There's 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 a petition in Turkey to build a Jedi temple within a university. Also got international media attention. I wasn't aware of this. But this but is an actual like an actual pseudo religion. religion. They, they, there's nothing to do with, with Star Wars, correct? Yeah, it was based well, on Star Wars. Like it's based it on is. the Jedi code. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, is it? Because Jedi is a word. Like there are Jedi in other religions. 
like uh, right because i always remember this because whenever i was writing like my weird star wars like novel fanfic whatever you want to call it as a kid i never had to auto to do the corrections on the word jedi in like yeah. in, in uh microsoft word <laughs> i was like nice <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have that red line uh, so mm-hmm. in 2005, the Temple of the Jedi Order was registered in Texas, and it was granted IRS tax exemptions in 2015. <laughs> in May 2005, wow. an article of the growth of the Jedi religion by the Catholic author John M. Sweeney was the most read article on the website explorefaith.org that year. So like, it's a thing. Um, uh, you know, it's a it's yeah, a real you thing. Could, you could actually claim on your taxes that you were a Jedi. Yeah, huh. like that. It's a, like I'm I'm Star Wars fan to the bone, but like to me, I'm like whoa. Like there is another like, level. Another level there you know like yeah i mean the principles i mean principles it, it, as long like, as they don't eventually turn it in a strange like yeah like well in a way though like you know the jedi the jedi code is based on 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 some religions right Religious like doc- like documents yeah. yeah like real world like sorry. yeah like pre-star wars you know you know actual like very you know historically established religions and and uh it's it's so interesting to see it kind of come full circle it's like like that that can happen you know um, here's another one. Uh, airplanes. Uh, Anna Boeing has at least eight planes with full body vinyl prints across the structure. Now, when we were at 2017 celebration, they unveiled the latest two. Uh, that was an R2D2 and a C3PO. It was uh, the, R- the C3PO one was like fully gold. You know, it's got like the wired middle and everything like that. Uh, and fun fact: recently, uh, tragic events in Japan on the runway. And I was looking at the TV flaming fireball on the side of runway and there was a c-3po plane on the tarmac like the background in at one of the ramps mm. and from the news footage covering this this chaotic incident uh you could see it in frame on the news and it was just like it wasn't the plane that was that had had the accident but it was like in frame on the camera when it was like looking at the airport i was like oh hey like <laughs> i saw the miniature version of that at celebration florida in 2017 like how crazy is that? Like, you know, C-3PO gets to witness the whole event. Like, Josh, I think you're focusing on the wrong thing in this tragedy. I mean, yeah, you no, know, it's like, it's crazy that, that uh, you know, there's there's like eight entire commercial airlines out there just sporting Star Wars vinyls. Um, cultural references through TV shows, Big Bang Theory, Smallville, Star Wars references riddled throughout the media, um, and let alone, you know, impact on Disney. That's the last What thing character I'll... would you guys put on the Star Wars plane? Oh, it's got to be Jar Jar, right? With his tongue sticking out and a thumb up. <laughs> His tongue is like snaking uh, around all the windows, like to the back of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Uh, good. Uh, so I think I'd put someone that like famously crashed his X-wing, like maybe Porkins on there. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't think that would go well. <laughs> I I don't know if I would put a character. I would probably make it just look like it's out of Star Wars, you know, and it's on the fin, just have like a big Rebel logo or something. Right. Yeah. Darth Maul, Le- character base. Oh yeah, big Darth Maul thing. That would be like cool. His, like his the face over the front. Yeah, just his tattoos across the yeah. whole thing. That'd yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, like just like a weird texture of his actual face on the front yeah. of the plane, just like stretched out around. It. Yeah, <laughs> and it puts her plane could be the Star uh, Savage or uh, Savage Press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the whole yellow, family in yellow and black. <laughs> the whole family. Yeah, Mother Talzin in there. <laughs> Uh, what if what if it was the character was from the top so there's spread eagle like they got an arm out each wing and then legs out the uh, the bottom of the yeah, back yeah 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 exactly <laughs> 
Uh, let's talk a moment. <laughs> the last thing I got in this list uh, before we wrap it up is the impact on Disney, leading all the way up to the purchase of uh, an acquisition of Lucasfilm. You know, like, did any of you guys do the original Star Tours ride? You remember uh, DJ or, or Rex pilot? I think I did. Yeah, I think I did. Oh, man. Yeah. I was on it in 91. <laughs> nice. oh, maybe not that one. <laughs> I was, I was, I think I caught one of the last viewings before they, before they revamped it. Um, And uh, that was like first time I went to Disneyland. I think that was 2001, something like that. And did then after that. It? at all they changed from, it they they from you, the 90s till then though so they the no i don't think they changed it at all um and uh, they updated it mm-hmm. at one point to sort of include other planet. They completely changed the whole the whole experience. So you can't actually do the original Star Tours anymore. Right. Um, so now it's like a whole sort of modular thing. Anytime you go on, it's like different planets. They always add more. Yeah, it's like a random rotation and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, but this is kind of this is, this partnership between Lucasfilm and or George and, and Disney, you know, has kind of moved to today where now Star Wars is Disney's probably biggest other than Marvel's biggest IP. And Last year, this most recent year, it was the Star Wars shows that carried Disney Plus. So, like, yeah, I mean, the Star Wars shows at Disney Plus are pretty big. So, they were the only shows that actually got good ratings. Like, most of the other shows didn't do as well, like, not nearly as well. Um, well, I mean, I guess speaking for myself, I mostly just watch Star Wars on Disney Plus. So, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, there you go. I mean, you know, we wouldn't have Disney Plus without it, right? So, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have anything to bring up? Um, I'm just kind of running through the whole list here. The the last thing I could think of is um, how it's kind of changed, I feel like, since Disney's taking over. Yeah. Uh, I I think, I don't know, like, do you have anything to say kind of on that matter? Because I feel like there's not, like, the official fan clubs are, like, a bit different now. I think before they Mm -hmm. had a lot more... Freedom? um, Maybe, like, adult content Mm -hmm. and freedom, yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, so in BC here, we have such a, a wealth of different clubs. Like, actually, I would say yeah. in Vancouver, we have more than almost anywhere else in the world because we have 501st, Droid Builders. There's two podcasts here. I think the other one might have ended, though. Uh, you have several different fan films that have been going for years. You have Star Wars Theory. We used to have a Star Wars Nerd Night at one of the clubs. It was unofficial. They, they called it Nerds After Dark, but like they had a yearly uh, Star Wars night in it. Um, I'm trying to think what else. There's X-Wing. There's three different lightsaber leagues here um, there was an airsoft group that was doing star wars but i don't think that lasted very long i get tired of trooping out and playing playing with their stormtrooper yeah. armor on no one could hit anything yeah. <laughs> well, let's not forget all the uh, our, to... all the saber companies out there like kyle you know alki solutions um there's there's multiple yeah. sort of can you know saber based companies out there that literally that's what they sell they sell lightsabers and that's a hundred percent of what they do right i feel like there's not a yeah, there's... enough advertising of all this stuff because i've been here a decade and i knew 501st was here but that was pretty much it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it, yeah. There's also the Mando Mercs, yeah. the Rebel Legion, and there's oh, what's the last one? I think it's just those big three. All the other ones are like sub subsidiary groups to that, but. Like, you can't even walk into a London Drugs without, you know, seeing something Star Wars, like, you know, toaster, waffle maker, salt and pepper shakers. Merchandising. Yeah. Blenders. Tupperware. Like, like it's 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 everywhere. It's Spaceballs. I love Spaceballs so much. <laughs> <laughs> you got the, you have you it in You know the deal somewhere. that, hold on a second. Do you know the deal that uh, Mel Brooks made with 
George Lucas to make Spaceballs? I did not. No. There were two rules. He was not allowed to dress the main character like Hans, so he made him look like Indiana Jones. Right. And right. he wasn't allowed to do merchandise, so that's why the whole merchandising joke is in there. Nice. Spaceballs, the mud flap, and everything. Merchandising! Merchandising! Where the real money from the movie is made. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Darren, I got to ask before we wrap up, um, are you a part of any any current sort of fan groups or anything? I, I forget if you mentioned it at the beginning, but uh, if you want to mention that again, I forget. I'm a part of the Kyber League Vancouver, and I help out on Bucks. So those are my two big ones. On uh, Sorry, it cut out there for a second. You, you help out on, on, on what? Bucket, Bucketheads. Bucketheads. YouTube series. Of course. <laughs> Josh, where have you been? <laughs> my bet, my mistake. I, I, that's my... actually how I... Oh, you cut out. You cut, you cut out. Say again? Oh, that's actually how I became the host that night was I was one of the... I helped in costumes. I was an actor. I helped build some sets and gophered for a lot of other parts of Bucketheads. That's pretty yeah. cool. I think we should definitely do a quick shout out for them too here while we're talking about them. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, if anyone hasn't seen Bucketheads, the fan film, definitely go and check it out on uh, on uh, YouTube. Prepare and to be amazed. Prepare to be amazed. Yeah, part three comes out this year mm-hmm. in a couple months, part three, and that'll be it. And then uh, they're moving on to other other things uh, other other star wars fan films possibly so yes i'm gonna say still star wars related yeah or, okay. I, I believe so yeah um and you can back their uh their uh patreon and uh, that helps them out a lot um and uh you know helps helps uh everything else you know like people like darian working on the, the series or uh you know people putting in 10 bucks a month whatever makes it come true yeah um, all the money that's donated that goes directly to making the stuff nobody takes of me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a good thing to clarify. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's very important to clarify that. Yeah. Uh, Darian, you got any social handles you want to share? I am the Mandarian on lightsaber station for people that are into making their own fan projects for Star Wars. And then I'll probably be making the Instagram page tonight oh nice very nice um if you want to send me a link to that i'll put it in the description for people to check out yeah no thanks uh thank you so much for 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 coming on and and uh and joining us and you know if you're ever interested in coming back on uh you know feel free we got you in the discord now so you know we can uh just make it happen well thank you guys very much for having me it was a pleasure yeah, yeah. Good chat with you, man. blake bryce thank you so much for coming on guys always good to be here yeah and we'll see you in the next one We'll see you out there. It was a pleasure. Keep flying. All right, and thank you to our audience. May the force be with you, and we'll see you in the next episode of Star Wars Escape Pod.